Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. Every day, Americans drink an estimated 517 million cups of coffee, according to the most recent consumer research from the National Coffee Association, which found that while nearly one in five save our classic black cup with no adornments, the percentage who reach for specialty coffee is on the rise, opening opportunities across categories and channels. According to the National Coffee Association, specialty coffee consumption in the U.S. hit a five-year high in 2021, with 43% of coffee drinkers choosing specialty options the day before the survey, up 20% between January 2021 and January 2022. At the time, cold brew and iced coffee and ready-to-drink options all also gained traction with consumers, who were turning to the beverages for a variety of reasons, ranging from function, desire for a different type of drinking experience, convenience, and many more. To better understand how these shifts are creating opportunities and challenges for stakeholders in the coffee segment, Westrock Coffee's Executive Vice President of Global Insights and Innovation, Kyle Newkirk, joins us in this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast from IFT's annual FIRST conference in Chicago earlier this summer. As one of the largest providers of coffee, tea, flavors, extracts, and increasingly ingredients, Westrock Coffee is in a unique position to spot emerging opportunities for industry players, ranging from CPGs sold at retail and grocery and convenience stores to food service and restaurants. Among the trends that Newkirk says he's most excited about are raising demand and better-for-you options, including zero-sugar energy drinks, new formats such as cold coffee and pre-packaged options, as well as opportunities more of the coffee plant to produce upcycled options. When West Rock Coffee first launched in Rwanda in 2009, it was with the belief that, quote, growth is an inevitable byproduct of investment in infrastructure, farmer development, product, and supply chain innovation and technical advancements. This is a premise that has held true over the past 10 plus years, and especially the past few years, as Westrock has dramatically expanded its operations and beverage capabilities through mergers and the construction of new facilities. Newkirk explained that by expanding its extraction facility in North Carolina, its operations and beverage capabilities with the purchase and remodel of a new facility in Conway, Arkansas, and establishing new operations in Malaysia, Westrock Coffee is now better able to support innovators in both food service and the CPG space by grappling with the unique challenges posed first by the pandemic and the fractured supply chains that came with it, and now increasingly the economic uncertainty so that they can seize the growing potential for coffee, tea, botanicals, and related ingredients. Uh, Westrock Coffee uh, has been in existence since 2009, and we really started off as an exporter out of Rwanda. Um, And then over the years grew the Rwanda export business um, with sustainable traceable coffees, uh, bought the leading uh, sustainable coffee uh, trading and import a company in Europe called Falcon Coffee uh, in 2012, <laughs> excuse me, 2012, 
um, and then really grew the business on the retail private label side um, with uh, with you know, pri- primarily um, as the Keurig patents uh, fell off, we built uh, single serve cup manufacturing um, in in Arkansas, really to serve the the largest you know retailers in the private label space. Um, and we 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 were, had grown that business um, at a really quick pace uh, through the um, into the you know it, kind of heading into 2020 and. Um, uh, Going to be at the end of 2019, SD Coffee became available uh, for purchase, and the, the owners of SD decided that they were going to um, divest of the coffee business, they were going to focus on water. And so, uh, West Rock, together with some in, uh, our investor partners, actually bought SD. I was with the SD um, side of the acquisition. So, so we closed that uh, deal in February of 2020. We really restructured the business kind of through that time. We had to really focus on, you know, the you know top 100 um, you know global both private label customers and then also uh, you know the global branded customers in the QSR and, and CPG space. Um, so sort of fast forwarding uh, uh, you know to now um, we're we're you know back up about 30 35 percent over where we were um, in. Um, you know, on a on a on an earnings basis, uh, for instance, pre-pandemic, um, and uh, we we are really kind of growing across all of our business segments in a really kind of sustainable and su- uh, successful way. So our retail private label business is doing fantastic in the in the you know primarily in packaged coffee, uh, and then then kind of the, the other channels that we're in, we're sort of in, in away from home. So. Think you know food service national accounts, um, distributors, hospitality, um, and, and and we do a lot of private label in, in that sector. But the fastest growing piece of our business is really what we're highlighting here at the show is you know our ingredients and extracts business. Mm-hmm. We're really focusing on for, for this piece of the business, post selling kind of you know bulk concentrates that go into you know other finished goods manufacturers. Um, and um, you know, custom ingredients that you know for for where we're embedded in the CPG customers that we sell into. So that business is going uh, incredibly well, and so much so that it, a lot of our CPG our customers that we have came to us and said, you know, we there's a real tightness in capacity on contract manufacturing in this space for retort cans and bottles. Um, is that something you ever would consider getting into? And since we've got, you know, you know, very um, integrated long-term partnerships, uh, we ended up by, uh, deciding that we were going to go uh, with our customers and forward integrate into, uh, you know, packaging solutions for them uh, across uh, retort cans, retort bottles or glass, um, and then also aseptic bag in a box um, as well. So we're we're installing that uh, some of that capability both in our North in our North Carolina plant. But what we announced in December was we we bought a 524,000 square foot facility in Conway, Arkansas, which is just north of, of Little Rock, um, to partner with our customers on you know uh, retort ready to drink. And so we 
we'll have the largest roasting to ready to drink plant, um, certainly in North America. It's cool because it's all in one place. So it's a, for in, in addition to, uh, it's, it's a big sustainability play, mm-hmm. as you know, because we, in a lot of those supply chains, um, you know, the, the the coffee extract is made in one place. The the maybe the milk is coming from another place. You know, the, the beverage, you know, other ingredients coming from another place are all getting shipped in or maybe moved around two or three times to be able to do it all in one facility. Um, so it's a good sustainability story. These developments are allowing West Rock Coffee to help partners pursue two of the most promising areas of development that Newkirk sees in coffee and tea. These are better-for-you beverages that are also better for the planet. We're seeing a lot of, of, of folks coming to us on better-for-you beverage space, and, and the thing that, you know, whether it's ranging from, um, you know, things like nootropics and, you know, how do you blend those into, um, you know, coffee platforms. Obviously, uh, the proliferation of uh, plant-based, you know, continues to explode. Um, but also it is in health function things. Um, there's there's such, a lot of such great research around coffee and its ability to, you know, lower instances of heart disease, you know, uh, liver disease and a variety of other things. So we're really having people now come to us and saying, okay, you know, you know, what other things can we combine in a ready-to-drink coffee that, you know, are, are also driving a great, you know, taste experience along with some additional health benefits? Um, and uh, so that some of those <laughs> pretty far out. <laughs> yeah. Coffee and tea are the per- are really the, the perfect healthy energy, um, you know, extract. So we're seeing not, not only people adding, um, you know, taking coffee and tea extracts where they may have been, uh, you know, making, uh, you know, a, a kind of a sweet, milky drink. Now there's a lot of transition into, you know, you know, uh, you know, added ingredients in the in you know to, to with coffee or tea to you know create another energy drink energy platform lower sugars you know all you know all sugars um, and um, you know and basically the the and I you've, we've seen Starbucks do this which is you know kind of leading over is into people wanting to kind of go into a zero platform but with a coffee you know coffee or tea base where maybe zero sugar. You know, Cook has done an amazing job with Cook Zero Sugar uh, products, and that's just spreading into, into, into energy. Is The other thing that we see, because we're showing it here at the show, is um, kind of a trend of upcycling. Um, we're actually seeing that in coffee as well. So here at the show, we're showing um, two upcycle products. One of them is, is a coffee leaf tea. Um, so people wouldn't think that the, you know, Coffee trees are basically a shrub, but the leaves from the coffee trees, when they're when they're dried, um, and uh, mill making a fantastic tea um, that has a kind of a, a, a really um, unique flavor profile, and it's got about the third cap, third of the caffeine of regular coffee, um, but with some of the some tea-like elements. So it's really really delicious, and it's really the base of it is. Um, very blendable with other 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 flavors, and so uh, you know, citrus flavors things really complement it. 
um, and it's another income stream for the for the producers. We're also showing an, an upcycled uh, coffee and cacao extract where we've actually taken the shell of the uh, of the cocoa bean after winnowing uh, and um, made a, a, a cold brew cacao extract out of that. So we're upcycling. Um, uh, cocoa bean shell for that as well. And it provides kind of a really earthy um, cacao flavor kind of combined with the cold brew coffee um, that's really pleasant and adds a little bit of a hint of sweetness and a hint of fruitiness, which is really, really nice. Um, and then the other thing, we're seeing a lot of kind of whole coffee products, which would be sort of like coffee cherry or cascara along with... Um, Brewed, uh, you know, regular roasted roasted coffee in some kind of, you know, beverage platforms where, 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 if you bring the cascara or the the coffee uh, pulp juice in along with um, coffee extract, um, you get uh, a good an additional boost of antioxidants, um, and so and and we get with some like sweetness and really fruity. Uh, red fruit flavors that really complement the coffee. So we're seeing a lot of interesting trends and sort of, you know, upcycled waste that actually um, has a lot of flavor benefits in this area um, and provides income streams back at the farm level um, that um, can can really change the farm level economics in a way that's really significant. Specialty beverages, including cold brew and ready-to-drink packaged options, also are gaining traction across both retail and food service. The growth of cold coffee just is not stopping. The the, the five-year CAGR is you know around fourteen percent for you know cold coffee across the whole category, um, and and really single-serve ready-to-drink space it probably would have grown faster through and out the and and, and across you know, post-COVID. Um, if there was more capacity, I think that the, the, there 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 was a, a lot of capacity challenges, um, as we saw, particularly in the in the sea store space, we saw big shifts from um, dispensed beverage into into single serve ready to drink. So people shifting from the from you know the coffee counter uh, into the cold case, and that looks like that trend is here to stay. We saw about somewhere between. 10 to 15 percent of usage occasions transition off of the uh, out of dispensed and, and into the cold case, um, and that really put a lot of stress on um, the manufacturing supply chain, sort of across the uh, again, whether you're a manufacturer or in the distribution side of it. Hey, the, the volume that was pulled through during during COVID um, was pretty significant. Now we're starting to see that too even bleed over in, into the food service space where whether you're ordering off the app and somebody's bringing it out to your car or um, or or it's, you know, uh, DoorDash or Grubhub or folks like that, the, the incidence of beverage attachment to those orders is really low. And so we're seeing our food service customers now come in for ready-to-drink solutions prepackaged that they can either give to the, uh, you know, the Grubhub you know, or DoorDash delivery driver, um, or or even when they're bringing it out to the car, uh, just because uh, you know, as, as as one of our our uh, board members says, you know, you can rewarm your hamburger, but you can't unmelt your drink. <laughs> and so we're, we're we're seeing that ready to drink kind of prepackaged ready to drink trend 
of in coffee and tea really spread across other you know other market segments where it wasn't. And, we, and we've also seen in the in the in the CPG space the like the massive growth of multi-serve, of like cold chain multi-serve that's kind of tracked along with this. And some of it is is people are ordering out, um, but but they're desiring a beverage that they really can't make at home. So they're you know so you're not you know a cold coffee latte or a cold brew or uh, you know a you know a you know a flavored um, a flavored ice, multi-serve iced coffee is something that you could make it at home, but you probably don't. Because Westrock Coffee is vertically integrated and is significantly expanding its production capabilities, Newkirk notes that it's well positioned not just to help innovators seize new opportunities, but it can also help CPG and food service overcome some of the challenges accelerated by the pandemic, including around supply chain and labor and now inflation. Obviously, during COVID, we saw a lot of menu simplification happening that time. So people, even to the point of, you know, we, we had you know, several key customers that went to one size of a drink. And maybe they had two or three flavors and they got it down to one, you know, one flavor of one size. Um, and that really hurt, uh, you know, offtake in, 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 in some of those in some of those channels, particularly in, in food service national accounts, like, you know, QSR customers, where they were coming for variety and all of a sudden the variety wasn't there. And so people just quit buying drinks. Um, that's bouncing back a little bit as supply chains have loosened up. Uh, we, we uh, you, you know, the better, uh, you know, operators are um, not struggling with staffing quite as much we're seeing. Um, and so, but what, what they, what, what they are, so, so the volumes are bouncing back, but what we're, what we're having people come to us now from an innovation platform standpoint is I want, you know, highly flexible so I can make a lot of drinks and get a lot of variety, but low labor, low to no labor solutions um, that are, you know, very efficient for getting it, um, you know, across the counter and out through the drive through with as little labor as possible. So... We've seen things where maybe a customer would have brewed an iced coffee in the back of the shop and you know, brewed a couple of pots, they brewed it over ice, they have it sitting in an urn. Um, great product, a lot of labor. They're coming to us and saying, hey, can we switch that execution into a concentrate? Maybe this got a pump. So I can I can pump it, I can you know, pump it, dilute it, add ice, boom, I'm ready to go. So, uh, and then also folks that, that are moving to maybe lower cost machine uh, solutions where maybe you have a uh, bag in the box concentrate, you know, one, 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 you know, tap to pull a fill up a, uh, you know, fill up a cup of, you know, cold brew or, you know, pre, pre-mixed iced coffee, whatever it is, and then bam, I'm out the drive through. Um, so, so that shifting we, from um, make it in the back of the house to give it to me in an easy execute concentrate format has been a, that is that is that's here to stay. It looks like the, the labor issues, and so we probably work as much with our food service customers around, um, you know, fast, flexible, and you know, uh, labor efficient solutions with low capital as we do product innovation. Obviously, inflation is a is is, is a you know big challenge across all of our channels, um, and so where we. 
where we're really starting to work heavily with our, our consumer packaged goods customers is where, where like, we need to know the cost and use of the ingredients that we're providing them as well as they do and, and really specialize in understanding how do they make stuff and how do we be a great partner in mitigating cost and use of, you know, product, you know, into the finished product. And so whether that's um, can we make something um, more concentrated and reduce transportation costs? Because transportation costs is you know, into everybody's manufacturing facilities, both inbound. In the outbound impact has been pretty clear, but the inbound impact, because a lot of you know, a, a lot of you know, food and beverage manufacturing is in maybe not quite so easy to get to places. So the inbound cost of transportation has risen so much that we look at things like, well, maybe we can make it more concentrated and reduce the amount of trucks that are coming. Also, has a sustainability benefit as well, you know. Or can we, you know, move to alternative blends and help help customers to run the, you know, CLTs and approval processes? Because as as we've seen, like our CPG partners have all, you know, just via attrition, maybe they've shrunk staffs, um, lost people to, to other roles that are that are hard to hard to refill. Um, or something that's, that wouldn't have been a guess of ours is, you know, they've just uh, getting even product development people back into the office and into the lab um, has been a challenge. And so the more, one of the things we're doing is we're bringing more of that work into our labs. And in, instead of being a, uh, we'll provide you a custom sample or a custom product that's of a, you know, an ingredient, we're more of an integrated uh, end-to-end product development uh, and, 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 and service provider all the way from the bench to we'll run your CLTs for you and we'll actually go out and do, um, we'll do custom uh, consumer insights research around your brand, around your product portfolio, and then we'll get not just with the developers, but also with the with the marketers and the menu development or the, you know, the, the marketing folks as well to say, hey, let's get into your eight or twelve calendar, twelve quarter calendar process. Let's understand what innovation is. You know, here's what we're seeing from our insights. How does that marry up with what you're seeing from your insights? And then let's collaboratively, collaboratively um, develop this innovation pipeline to where we know how to plan for your needs. And then obviously a lot of people had, um, you know, massive supply chain challenges during COVID. And so we're, we're having a lot of discussions about, you know, contingency, where can we, you know, uh, where can we make sure that we can stay supplied? What are those, what are those, you know, commitments gonna be around capacity? Um, and, 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 and making sure that that you know, we can supply their their needs on a um, on a volume basis, you know, if, if uh, because a lot of people got that, you know there was a lot of uh, pain around people being shorted uh, through COVID, and so we're seeing a lot of emphasis on kind of everything related to supply chain management. West Rock Coffee's diverse portfolio of services and ingredients illustrates another trend that Newquirk predicts will continue to grow in the coming years. This is the need for turnkey solutions. 
And to ensure that Westrock Coffee can provide the best level of service and solutions, Newkirk explained that the company recently announced its intention to go public through a $1.1 billion special purpose acquisition company merger with Riverview Acquisition Corp. The fantastic thing about uh, uh, Riverview is is that they have uh, Brad Martin, who, who was this fact founder of Riverview, is a fantastic business operator. So he grew Saks Fifth Avenue from a handful of regional stores into what it is today. Uh, he's the vice chairman of FedEx. Um, he was an early investor in Lululemon. Um, and, um, and he has uh, decided to partner with us as the next business that he wants to help grow. And so we, we, uh, there was 250 million in the, in the, in the SPAC originally. We raised a, 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 a pipe investment or, you know, secondary investment of 250 million as well. Um, and then we're getting 350 million of, of refinancing, uh, from Wells Fargo. So our, uh, you know, we, we will, uh, you know, we will, you know, it, it, you know We'll have a clean balance sheet and, and what we call a currency via our public stock. Um, then we can go and either you know in, invest in more manufacturing capacity, or as a chance for us to do M and A uh, in the future, which we definitely intend to do. Um, we are hoping the SPAC merger closes. Uh, we're on track to close in the third quarter. As this deal and Westrock Coffee's expanded capabilities hit their full stride, Newkirk sees the optimism not just for the company, but for businesses that it can help to ultimately take coffee and tea to the new level. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again for another installment. And to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.